Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, the founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We are emotioneering human performance, not engineering it. In season one, we talked about emotioneering the modern mindset and really about those people skills and the expression and the communication. In season two that we're in now, we're going to have topics center around everything to do with emotioneering business results. And that's going to cover creating great places to work, increasing profits, human capital, the people, getting record-breaking results, and world-class employee engagement. I'm going to be interviewing guests that I know are absolute experts in this area, and will be able to share their knowledge, share their learnings on the journey with you and myself. And I'm really looking forward to getting in to all things emotioneering with them. Remember to subscribe to YouTube, to the Facebook page, to Instagram, LinkedIn. And of course, you can go to the website, modernmindgroup.co.uk, and you'll get our monthly newsletter there. Enjoy the show. Today on this episode, I am answering the question, can you really change workplace culture? Hmm. This question is one of the top questions that gets asked in Google. And it's very interesting. The answer for me is yes, you can. If you are really willing to remove the roadblocks and to take action and create change. If you are willing to do that, then you absolutely can change culture. There's that great quote, isn't there? That whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Because what will follow from that mindset will determine the outcome. So yes, yes, you absolutely can. Now I've seen many examples over the years of this happening within uh, locations, within individual outlets, within certain call centers, within certain teams, within massive global organizations. So it is absolutely possible. These were some of the verticals that I I have seen it happen, helped to implement it with in my own um, career. And that has been in the automotive world, in call centers, hospitality, leisure, property, all of service-based businesses, all service-based businesses that I've been working with, I have seen this happen. I've also seen it attempted and fail because maybe the certain pillars weren't put in place. Now, why that happens, I would probably have to do 10 episodes on, but I will give you some sort of areas to, to really work on key things, things that are practical and tactical that you can do right now and look at to, to think, actually, I now believe that I can. So can you really change workplace culture? This question is from someone that doesn't understand and hasn't been educated or informed on a way to actually do it. So with the emotion in business blueprint that I use, because it's not what we do, it's how we do it. Because we are all driven by emotion, it really is an emotional side of the business. So it is really looking about about how all of these things affect someone's mentality. And remember, the emotioneering um, triangle goes from fear to courage to confidence because fear is a reaction, courage is a decision, and confidence is an absolute outcome. 
so we're moving when we're moving through change and we're aiming to change the culture there's going to be people that fear change we know that a lot of people do we fear how we implement the change as well as the people that are you know receiving the information and and have to actually follow through on it so it is about building that courage up to encourage people to educate them to inform them on the why so that they come on the bus and on the journey with you so that things can start to change so why am I talking about this? Well, Everett Rogers created something called the law of diffusion of innovation, right? The law of diffusion of innovation. And Simon Sinek does a great talk about this on YouTube. You can check it out. Uh, Go and check that out. But basically what it does, it ranks um, people into innovators, uh, early adopters, early majority, late majority, and then laggards. Okay. So innovators, let's start there. 2.5% 2.5% of the population, based on whatever it Rogers says, and to be fair, I start to see this quite a lot, 2.5% of people are the innovators in society. They're the ones that, huh, they're the pioneers. Hmm, I wonder if we could do this. Oh, I've had an idea about this. Uh, there are a lot of people that I know that are innovators and the people that create the change, the people that have the vision um, and, and bring the ideas to the table, right? Like the inventors, <clears throat> Those are the innovators, 2.5%. Think of like the Richard Bransons. Think of um, oh, Simon Sinek, right? We were talking about that. Uh, think of um, Steve Jobs. These people that do something that's out of the ordinary, maybe against the grain, um, but actually get a great result. But they're the innovators. And then how do they get people on the bus with their ideas? Because we know that Apple didn't take off straight away. Um, Virgin is where it is today because of how many years has been put into it um, by Richard Branson and the team. So you're an innovator. So the innovator comes up with the idea for change. So you've decided I'm going to change the culture in the organization. Then you'll have your early adopters. You'll have your senior leadership team to convince. OK, so these then you'll have 13.5 percent of people. So the people that are closest to you in the organization and believe in the mission, the values and everything that you're talking about. And they buy in straight away. You tell them, I want to change the culture. This is what I see for the vision here's my ideas, here's the ideas, or you ask them their ideas, maybe you've got innovators within your team, right, this is also may happen, which is great, so you could also take, you know, say, oh, we've come up with a great idea, who's on the bus, the early adopters are the people that say, yes, I'm with you, this is amazing, I can help you share this mission, I'm there, bought in, I'm on your bus, and I'm coming with you, when you think about products being sold, they're the first people that buy the products, they don't even know if it's tried and tested, they hear it's something new, it's a new mechanism, they're an early adopter, they're in, they want to know what it's all about, right, that's that's them, so the early adopters are going to be the people on your bus first, so they're the 13.5%, so foster those people that have bought into it, but then what you've got to do is you've got to help those early adopters, and those early adopters can help you to spread the message to the early majority. The early majority are another 34% of your organization. So they're going to be the early majority that pretty much, if you think about your early adopters as your champions or your top um, leadership team, what will happen is that they will then go and facilitate the change that you're requesting or advising or suggesting (laughs) in your team and then they will go to their team and they will transfer that down and because they're early adopters and they really buy into it and they've got the passion 
the early majority within their team will jump on the bus. So now you're coming up to 34%. There'll be people in your team, though, that weren't the early adopters that still need convincing that won't be able to change their team straight away. So look for it. The people that have already started to have the success, then those success stories get shared with the rest of the senior leadership team and slow you start to get everybody else onto the bus. Um, But they would be then early majority. I hope this is making a bit of sense to you. Watch the video, check it out, go and uh, look it up on YouTube if you want more information. So you've got the early adopters that then convince the early majority because now it's through social proof. Oh, the early adopters have done it. Oh, it's obviously working. Oh, they've bought into it. Now we're seeing some results from it and we've got some proof. We've got some stories. Boom, I'm in. Now I believe. So the early majority get on the bus. Then you've got the late majority, which are another 34% of people. And these 34% of people sit back and they say, oh, well, we'll let them go first, the early adopters, and then we'll let those other people jump on. And yeah, let's see how they, let's see how that works out. Let's see how that works out. And then we might get involved. (laughs) That's what they do. They're the kind of the skeptics, right? They're the ones that are like, "Hmm, I'm not too sure about this at all. And that that's interesting that's that's actually the way I felt about Clubhouse (laughs) I I stayed off it for so long I was skeptical and then eventually I went in and I went in um so so they they can also become your champions just because they're in the late majority doesn't mean that they aren't your you know your champions or people that want to get on the bus it just means they take a little bit longer than the others and then lastly you have the laggards. The laggards are this 16% of people that have a fixed mindset, really do not buy into the values, um, the mission, or anything to do with the change. They don't see how it applies to them. They don't see how it could help them. It scares the hell out of them. They are really like not uh, comfortable coming out of their comfort zone. They they really, really don't want to. And they are the laggards. You know, they, there are people that still do not want to use their debit card online. Like they're like, no way. Um, And I know a few people like that. They still do not want to do it. So they will go out of their way to transfer cash to somebody else for somebody else to use their debit card (laughs) because they're not bought in to the whole buying things online with a with a, a card situation. So these are laggards. And the thing is, you could be what's quite interesting is that you could be an early adopter with one thing, product or change or idea. And then you could be a laggard with others. Right. Like I was saying to you about Clubhouse, I was like, no, there's a lot of things that I jump on the bus with first. I'm like, yes, let me give that a go. Not for all things. So it depends also on what you're aiming to change. But let's just talk about changing the culture as a whole, which is what this podcast is about. So that's what will happen in your organization. You've got to ask yourself, though, the question about the laggards. Are they actually the right fit for the business? Because if they don't want to get on the bus, if they're negative, they may actually be affecting change and behavior. And that's going to affect the culture for everybody. So that could also be something to consider. But anyway, so the law of diffusion of innovation tells you that this is not something that is going to happen quickly. And and we can't really like I can't really give you a time on it. What I can tell you is that we've in um, through using the Emotioneering Business Blueprint, we've been able to drive change in organizations 
over a 12 to 24 month period because you're going through the early adopters, then they're proving it, then you start to believe a little bit more, then you go out, you get more people on the bus with the change. And eventually, once there's been a full transformation, that's when the results start to come through. With one particular client that I worked with, we increased their revenue by 3.2 million by ensuring that the Emotioneering Business Blueprint was implemented. Now, a lot of people were scared about that, right? A lot of people were like, well, hang on a minute, what do you mean that what is this? <laughs> they weren't ready to accept that and to implement it. But all the time and over that education and that repetition and that training and that skill set, eventually it was adopted. And then people start to share your idea back to you. And then, you know, you know that the culture is changing, you know that things are changing and you now have the proof as to why it works. And that's why I can talk so passionately about this stuff, because I've seen it work. So if you're still on the fence and you're listening to this and you did Google, can you really change a workplace culture? Then, yes, I am here to tell you, you absolutely can. But it will take work. It is not something that you can just send out a memo for or send out an email and tell everyone this is what we're going to do now. It's not going to work like that. You've really got to get them on the bus. Okay, so get them on your bus. So let me ask you this while you're listening to this. Does it need to change? First of all, is it changing because you think it would be a good idea or is it changing because it really does need to change? So I'm going to read out some things, some statements to you and I mention them so that you can kind of have a bit of a checklist and think to yourself, oh, actually, yeah, we do that. We, we probably could do with with looking at changing our culture. Um, so here they are. OK, does it need to change? Number one, policies and procedures are based on what other companies do and not if it's a right fit for you and your team. If you've set them based on what other people have recommended and not really assessed whether they are right for you as an organization and that they tie in with everything else that's happening, then it's time for a reassessment. Does it need to change? Second statement, Hi, are you hiring employees that don't fit the business? You know, better the whole than the arsehole, some, some people say, because what if you have put somebody that does not have the right values, does not have demonstrate the right behaviors into a team of people because you thought that they did and now they're there. What's what's happening? Are you able to find a better fit for the organization? And uh, or can you help that person to improve or adapt to, to where they're at? So that could be something that's happening. Tolerating management styles that drive employee engagement down and increase staff turnover. Ask yourself, are there managers and leaders in your organization that you are giving a bit of a halo effect to? And what I mean by that is that even though all their staff are leaving, there's turnover, people are making complaints about them, no one wants to work with them, their engagement is down and you're losing passion from your staff and you are going, oh, but they've been in this organisation for so long though, oh, but they do really well in these other areas. Yeah, like, but I need them. You are doing a disservice to the people in the organisation by doing that. So if you're tolerating uh, certain management styles that be very directive, autocratic and aren't really getting people on the bus. That is something that that absolutely hands down can change and should change. 
don't communicate a clear and inspiring mission or value. So you may have them. They may be locked up in your work vault and actually you haven't communicated them to your team or actually you haven't revisited them. Maybe they need to be changed. Maybe they need a bit of a revamp or actually none of the policies and procedures that I talked about earlier are tying in to these uh, mission statements and values. So it's time to do a little bit of a clean the decks. Let's go back to basics and, uh, and, and figure that stuff out. The work environment is flat. There's low energy. It's toxic or lacks trust. If you can feel that, if you can feel that energy, if there are people crying on a daily basis in your organization, then something has to change. Absolutely. Um, not considering how everyday actions as a leadership team affect the formation and creation of culture. You know, saying that you've got to cut back on expenses. I, I heard this uh, recently. Hearing that you've got to cut back on expenses, but you're still coming in in your private helicopter or that you're still um, going to flashy events and, and all things that, uh, you know, and the way that that is being transpired and communicated, perception is reality, right? So be mindful of that, you know, all of your actions. Leadership, I hear John C. Maxwell say this recently, leadership is visual. It absolutely is. It's not only about what you say and do, it's about what they see you do and, and behave like. So just be mindful of that, okay? So can you really change workplace culture? I hope that by listening to this podcast, you have decided that you absolutely can. If you do want to talk about it in more detail, then you can get in touch with me. It's Melissa at the Modern Mind Group. And I will be able to talk through the Emotioneer and Business Blueprint with you because that absolutely will give you a cultural overhaul. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneer and Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube or all three. You can also come to the website modernmindgroup.com where you can subscribe there, stay in contact and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. <laughs> Have a great day and ciao for now.